Well, happy Friday. It is another edition of the Speaking For Him podcast as we kick off this weekend. I'm Adam McNutt alongside the host of the program, Mr. Andrew Gommerson. Hello, Adam. It's great to be with you today. And today um, we have another one of our Master Arts features to share with you. Uh, it's getting close to the holidays, Adam. We're just a few weeks away. Crazy. Or a couple weeks away from Thanksgiving. And so next Thursday... Uh, as of the posting of this podcast, um, is the opening of the Christmas Schooner at Master Arts Theater. And you'll hear an interview um, coming up in just a few minutes with the director of the play, Kathy Van Lopik. She's been in studio with us before uh, talking about things we couldn't say when she played Dietamon. And she's directing this play. And then my friend Richard Sersha, who's also been in this this uh, studio, I think, a couple times now. Um, he is the musical director, musical portion director for this show. And so you're about to enjoy an interview that I did on the day of this recording uh, live at Master Arts. Um, I've had to do a lot more of that with these interviews because of scheduling. So, But it's been nice that technology works in my favor. So... I hope that you will enjoy this interview, but before we get to that interview, let's, let's, let's let Adam give us our quote of the day. I left the theater wanting to see other tales of Christmas traditions. We have been so saturated with 19th century England with its images of plum puddings, roast goose, and holly that we have lost sight of the many traditions that have infused our culture. Although the Christmas schooner does not go as deep as a Christmas carol, which tells the story of a soul's reclamation it does present us a noble soul who quietly enhances the lives he touches sounds like a christmas message to me it's sharon kolarski from the epoch times from december 15th 2014 edition and this was a quote from a review of the play as it was done in the mercury theater in chicago illinois last year and so i couldn't find any quotes from the play itself and so i thought a quote from the review would be good to put here and I'm just very excited after having talked to the directors about this this play to recommend that you um, come out for this Christmas show. And so at this point, uh, we're going to go ahead and roll the interview. Again, this is Kathy Van Lopik, the director, and Richard Sersha, the musical director. All right. Well, I'm grateful to be here at Master Arts Theater with um, the part of the production team for the Christmas Schooner. Um, first of all, we have director Kathy Van Lobick and then musical director Richard Sersha. We're glad to have you guys. Um, glad you were able to uh, make some time for this interview today. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Thanks for making time for us. All right. Well, I, wa I just want to start out this interview. Um, I know um, all of us are aware that Master Arts is celebrating its uh, 30th year, and for all three of us, Master Arts has had a significant part in our life for many years. Could you just elaborate on a little bit on uh, your feelings, um, maybe about how exciting it is to think that Master Arts has been around for 30 years? It is very exciting, um, because this is the only theater that I know about that is um, specifically... Uh, um, interested in promoting arts for the Christian, from a Christian viewpoint. 
Um, yes, Christians can be involved uh, in other theaters and can use their God-given talents there, but this particular theater is very much interested in developing um, Christian artists here and also providing a Christian uh, viewpoint of art to the community at large. So that, in my opinion, is very exciting. I reiterate that, plus the fact that it's um, it's very family oriented. Um, met a lot of wonderful people. My son met his wife here, and the woman sitting next to me is his mother-in-law. I am. <laughs> <laughs> so it's kind of close knit. Right. Um, yeah. I know a couple of years ago when I was involved with the Sound of Music, I was I joked quite a few times with the cast and crew that going into Master Arts is kind of like Facebook in real life because <laughs> yeah. because within true. two or three people, uh, you know most of the people that come through the doors one way or another. Even if you don't know that you know them, eventually you figure out that you do. <laughs> That's very, that very true. true. That is true. Yeah. That is true. And as far as celebrating the 30th year, it's, it coincides with my son being 30 years old. Well, Isn't, I mean, it's not necessarily connected that way, but I just kind of... <laughs> it's providential, that's what Yes, that's That what is it. kind of interesting. Um, all right, well, we're, we're here to talk about the Christmas schooner, which is the, um, the Christmas show that's coming up for Master Arts. And, you know, I've been involved in a couple Christmas shows, and I know that... They do good theater all year round, but I think uh, in my experience as a patron and as, as someone that's been involved, there's something special about all their Christmas shows, um, whether it's just the time of year or just the, the content that comes out of those shows, but I've always had special memories related to the Christmas shows here at Master Arts. So you, can you tell us a little bit about the Christmas schooner, Kathy? Yes, the Christmas Schooner uh, musical is based on a true story um, about uh, a captain of a schooner. He also owned a lumber camp uh, as well. Um, and it takes place during the late 1800s. And um, he has, um, uh, they are of German descent. They live in, a, they are Americans, but they are of German descent. Uh, immigrants from Germany, except his wife is of Swiss descent. But so they uh, celebrate with the Tannenbaum or the Christmas tree, and they learn that um, in Chicago, where um, he has a cousin living there. But there's a lot of German immigrants that live in Chicago uh, during that time, as probably there are many immigrants who live there now. Uh, and he gets a letter from his cousin Martha saying that um, they, the Tannenbaum in German culture especially, uh, back then it was really much uh, celebrating with the Christmas tree or the Tannenbaum was very much a German thing. It had not spread in, it's as widespread as it is today. It was very much a German cultural thing. And his cousin Martha writes and says, we would like to celebrate with Tannenbaum with the Christmas tree, but we can't because we just can't get any Christmas trees. 
So he takes it upon himself uh, because he owns a lumber camp and he owns, uh, or he, and he is captain of a schooner, to um, to deliver a lot of Christmas trees over to Chicago. Um, the thing is, of course, that he has to travel across uh, good, the Great Lakes to do that. And if anybody who's from around here knows that traveling in a boat on the Great Lakes during late November is not a safe thing to do. So, um, so at risk to his own life and that of his crews, uh, they decide to uh, deliver Christmas trees to um, the people of Chicago. At the time, mostly the German immigrants in Chicago. And, um, so it's a, real, a story about that, um, about his undertaking of that, and the risks involved and just what it meant to those people that he delivered the Christmas trees to. You know, it seems like a simple thing, but back in the 1800s um, was not quite so simple. Yes, and, and with the technologies that we have now, it just shows a little bit about how things change, you know, and even immediately when I heard about this story, I kind of thought about, Obviously, it's on a grander scale, but about the Titanic and about all that went into that and how how that so dramatically affected American history. And uh, so it's just interesting yeah. how things change in every era has its challenges. We, you know, yeah. we deal with our own tragedies here in, in modern day, but it's just interesting to be able to look back at history and to to see something like this. And to have a show that's a true story is kind of kind of an exciting thing too. Yeah. Um, the this era is, is 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 kind of warm and fuzzy, you know. I mean, mm -hmm. if we had the, if we had the story in in an updated version, we'd have a, a aluminum Christmas tree UPS to Chicago. <laughs> yeah, oh, exactly. So it, it doesn't exactly. have this and now, and now they're talking about uh, Amazon using drones, um, <laughs> right. which could present a whole other yeah. slew of problems, which I don't think we're ready for. But uh, <laughs> I can't picture a musical around that. So. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Rick, um, this is a musical, so that is another interesting aspect of this. Yeah. Production. Can you talk a little bit about the musical challenge that is uh, the Christmas Schooner? Okay. Um, I don't know. I call it a challenge. Um, the way it's written, uh, there is more more emphasis than normal on the ensemble rather than soloists. I mean, you do have a, a good amount of, of solo work, you know, by the, the leads, but the the general public, the public in Chicago, the public in Manistique, um, where, where they live, are, and the sailors, um, they're more involved musically than normal. Uh, they're not just like background. Um, because that's really what the story is about. It's about the people. Right. Um, so musically, the, the people the people of Chicago and the people of Manistique, because that's where the, the that's where the family lives, is in Manistique, Michigan, which is why it's so um, you know so interesting to us because it starts off in Michigan. Um, but it's that's the way the musical is written. It's written as storytellers telling the story. So that's why the ensemble is very much a part of the music, yeah. um, which is really exciting, I think. Yeah. And also, as far as challenge is concerned. The, the actual solos that they have 
there really isn't a ballad anywhere in the music as such. Uh, the, the songs that they do sing are more conversational. They have duets and etc. But um, it's conversational set to music rather than I'm going to get out here and sing this tremendous ballad that you know it's going to bring the house down type thing. All right. Well, that's a good way to transition into talking about the cast. Um, you talked a little bit about how the ensemble is important in the musical numbers and talked a little bit about the leads having solos and how important that is. And I remember from when we cast The Sound of Music, one of the biggest challenges is you find people that can act and they can't sing. And then there's people that can sing, but they can't act very well. And so finding people that can do both was definitely a challenge. So can you tell us a little bit about your cast? Um, <laughs> yes, and that's very accurate. It's, it, is, it can be very difficult to find both good actors and really good singers at the same time. And it did take us a while to find a, to find a complete cast uh, that fit that bill. Um, but we feel we have a very strong cast, especially in the leads. Um, Jose Armos is playing, um, which is funny because he's supposed to be playing a German. He's of Hispanic descent. Um, but um, he is very, has a very strong voice and is a very good actor. He, he was a lead in uh, Grand Rapids Civic Theater's uh, Sound of or South Pacific, excuse me. Our uh, female lead is Alison Bredo, um, and she uh, she is a, uh, just a beautiful voice, and um, she's a very, uh, very strong actress. Um, she has some very emotional scenes that she's got to get through, and so far in rehearsal, she's just done a wonderful job. And then my husband, Tom Van Lopik, is playing um, the grandfather, because <laughs> he is a grandfather, <laughs> just recently. Um, Gustav Stossel, and, um, which uh, needs a lot of humor and, of, of course, a good singing voice, and he, he definitely does that. He does humor very well, and he has a wonderful singing voice as well. And we have um, a couple of different boys who are playing um, the son, Carl, at different ages. Um, the youngest is Joshua Bucher. And um, he plays young Carl, and then um, Luis Laverde um, is playing teenage Carl. So um, we get to see Carl grow up during this, and they too are both very talented young men. And um, we have uh, Kate Howerton is playing cousin Martha, who has a, a beautiful voice as well, and is a wonderful actress. She's been in a number of shows here, and um, a little a little girl by the name of Hannah is playing. Sweet little Mary Claire, she's a surprise at the end of the show. So you come see the show, you'll see a cute little surprise at the end. So, um, so and then of course there's our ensemble, who are quite a few um, men and women. We have three guys, uh, Ben Bosk and uh, Jerry Borth and um, John. And Tim Jerzyk are playing the three main sailors on the ship, and they add a lot of uh, humor, too, as well. It's just fun to watch those guys um, together as a group. They're just wonderful. So, But, yeah, th we have lots more in the ensemble, and all of them are, 
are very good and have been working really hard on the songs and uh, and the acting. So part being part of the ensemble is very kind of tricky because you have to know when to step forward and when to fade into the background for the for the leads to come through. So and that's where we come in. We tell them. We tell them when, yes. <laughs> tell them when they come come forward and when they yeah. have to stay in the background. All right. Well, uh, thank you for that information. That just makes uh, the anticipation for the show build for me, and I hope it does for my audience as well. Um, could you uh, tell us um, what is the run of the show and how do we get tickets? The run of the show, we open November 19th, which is a Thursday evening performance at 7.30. We run through December 12th, which is a Saturday evening performance, also 7.30. Um, so it's Thursday, Friday, Saturday evening performances at 7.30. We also have Saturday matinees at 2 in the afternoon. However, we do not have a performance on Thanksgiving for obvious reasons, but we will then have two performances on the Friday after Thanksgiving uh, at 2 o'clock and at 7.30. And you can call the office here at Mass Arts Theater. The number is 455-1001 in order to get tickets. I think that's the only way. I don't think you can get them online. So yeah, you do have to call the office between office hours are 8 a.m. until 5 p.m. You can leave a message after that and then they'll call you the next day. All right, and for anyone that hasn't been to Master Arts yet, which since I've been doing these reviews for a couple of years, why haven't you? <laughs> but if you haven't, yeah. it's worth noting that Master Arts is a very intimate venue and 100 seats approximately is a sellout. And so even though there's 16 performances, you want to make sure that you uh, get in there and get your tickets so that you can join us for this um, exciting show. Yeah, the office uh, has said that the tickets are selling really hot. So. Uh, yeah, I think there's a, there's a lot of anticipation already for this show, which leads me to my final question. Thank you guys for... Uh, taking the time to spend with us today, but my final question is for each of you, if each of you could individually answer, um, if you were to give a an answer to the question, why should I come to see this show? <laughs> I think it's just uh, all around great show. It has wonderful music, but I think it's a great story of faith and hope and what we need to reflect on, I think, during the Christmas season. Um, faith in, um, in our God, of course, in His purpose for our lives, in how we fulfill that purpose. So, and it's a great family show and how a whole family comes together and, and acts out their faith in, in God and in serving others. So I, I think it's a great show. It's got a lot of heartwarming scenes in it. And musically, it's, I think the music is, adds so much to it as well. Mm -hmm. And in addition to all that is, uh, it's not the normal Christmas show that people would be looking for, you know, in general, you know, Christmas Carol, etc., etc. It's just, it's, uh, it's something that's been part of a tradition in Chicago area and also in Wisconsin, I believe. I think so, yeah. Um, so it's it's real well known there, uh, but it's like Kathy said, it's very heartwarming, and it's um, 
it's worth coming to see. All right, there you have it. An interview with Kathy Van Lopik and Richard Sersha working on the Master Arts production, The Christmas Schooner. Uh, so, Adam, what do you think? It sounds exciting. It's not one that I would want to miss. In fact, I have to look and maybe getting tickets since they're going hot as well. Uh, but it sounds fun, and it sounds kind of like a one-of-a-kind show, just the plot and what they're focusing on. I've never heard another theater or really another play even tackle this subject of, of people that were trying to deliver Christmas trees in 1800s and a musical on top of it. And it has to do with our home state, yes. which is which is pretty amazing in and of itself. So we want to make sure that anybody that wants to get tickets, um, that you do get tickets. And just for reference, the area code for the theater is 616. So it's 616-455-1001. And I say that um, for a variety of reasons. Number one, if you have friends from out of state, you can give them the phone number with area code. And number two, there's so many area codes in Michigan that it's worth noting the correct area code <laughs> when thinking to call Master Arts. So um, I hope that we will see many of you out at, um, at the play. I purchased my tickets, um, and I'm very excited um, to go and see this play. And and I, I, I like the fact that it's not something that, you know, you – you see a lot around here. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of plays that kind of cycle through through theaters. And if you're a theater buff, you've probably seen them two or three times. Uh, this is not one of them. So um, I think that it will be exciting for people to go out and see it. And I think supporting Master Arts is an admirable thing as well. Um, so I would encourage you to do that. Well, that's our show for today. Um, we would encourage you to come back next week, uh, next Friday. When we have our Thanksgiving episode. Um, but until then, keep serving the best of masters. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Your host has been Andrew Gomison, founder of Speaking for Him, alongside his co-host and executive producer, Adam McNutt. For more information on today's show and to leave us comments and voicemails, visit speakingforhim.blogspot.com. You can find Andrew's ministry at speakingforhim.com. That's speaking, the number four, H-I-M. You can also interact with us at facebook.com slash speakingforhim and on Twitter at speakingforhim. And when you look for us on iTunes and Stitcher, let us know what you think of the podcast by leaving a rating and review. 